2: Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.
1: Whoa, whoa. whoa. Yeah. Sometimes we laugh, sometimes we cry, but I guess you know now guests here on the Smile Center Hotline. Now back to the to game on, cool show, live from the Service Master by Cornerstone Studios on baby. 929 FM ESPN. Baby where
3: did he be at when they said We had to go ahead and take a week off because of Labor Day but he is back in studio. That would be the associate executive director of the AutoZone Liberty Bowl, Harold Grader on X at Harold Grader. Uh, we missed week one. I think catching up for week two is better, though, because the slate was substantially uh, improved. Um, and your travels took you to Tuscaloosa this weekend. That's Indeed. fun. Indeed. I was in T-Town
4: Saturday night for uh, one of the top games of the weekend, Texas-Alabama. Uh, interesting game from multiple perspectives. Let's start with Alabama. A uh, lot of issues there. Uh, surprisingly so, I think. You know, going into the year, I think everyone thought uh, that the offensive line was going to be one of Alabama's strengths. It still may be that way. I think right. they're working through some issues there. Uh, quarterback, uh, Milro, again, coming out of spring, everybody knew there were issues there and they were looking for an answer. Milro came out of fall camp as the number one guy, but I- I'm not sure that ultimately he will be. Um, they stuck with him through some tough times Saturday night. Uh, obviously, you, you don't want to have the quick hook. You know, if he's your guy, I understand the coaching mentality. If that's your guy, you're going to stick with him. Had a couple of picks in that game. And uh, overall, I would say a C-level performance right. from Milrow. A lot of work to do there. But still, not a typical Alabama team. Mm-mm. Still issues with penalties. They had ten penalties, uh, two of them wiping off touchdowns. Uh, And and if those don't occur, and I understand that's ball, but without those two penalties, it's a much different football game. Yes, Uh, no question. But but Alabama has some issues they have got to figure out. They play at South Florida this week, so a, a great opportunity for them to figure it out this week in practice and then show it on the field uh, this coming week against South Florida. Texas, folks from Austin and across the state of Texas, and there were a ton of them there Saturday night. You know, the old Texas is back. I would say Texas is back. Mm-hmm. Now, can they sustain it for the rest of the year? I think they will. There was no doubt Texas was the better football team Saturday night. Yep. They they came in. You can see it in the pregame, Gabe, uh, being down on the field in pregame, Uh, They were not intimidated by the moment, by the atmosphere of Bryant Denny. Uh, Confident football team. Uh, And when you have a quarterback like yours, that's a good place to start. And you know what? I go back to last year's game. If he doesn't get hurt last year, they probably would have beaten Alabama last year. So they look like a really good football team. Definitely better than Alabama. And we'll see. No, they're... You know one of the favorites to, to win the big 12, and rightfully so. Will they be a playoff team? We'll see how the year goes. But uh, Texas looks good. And as and talking to the Texas people before the game, looking ahead to next year coming into the SEC, I would say that they, they are definitely ready. Yeah. And, and I look at where Texas was just a couple of years ago. And I, and I talked to some of the Texas people before and after the game, and I related back. I said, you know what? I was in Austin when they lost to Kansas two years ago, mm-hmm. and that program was just digging out of the hole with, with Right? Where they are now, they they are SEC ready, yep. and they showed it Saturday night. Where they have come from that game, losing at home to Kansas two years ago, to beating Alabama – in Tuscaloosa, again, I'll use that phrase, they are SEC ready, no doubt about
3: and it. And the relationship between Oklahoma and Texas. Oklahoma there for a while was trending in the right direction. Yeah. Be way more ready for the SEC. And I feel like Texas has surpassed them in a, in a, in oh, a pretty no massive doubt. way. No doubt. I think they have a better coach right this second. And Brent Venables is doing a fine job right this second. I mean, either 2-0, and just beat SMU um although they have to deal with the little off the field deal we we won't get into that but it looks like Texas from an NIL standpoint and everything else the yeah. amount of talent they're bringing in you have Arch Manning in the waiting it yeah. feels like they're so much more ready than Oklahoma to, oh, to no join doubt. the SEC no doubt but 3424 Texas gets over top of Bama but like thinking of all of the historic sort of milestones we talk about around this game and it's it's uh, you know uh, entirety and ultimately what happened the result 21-game home winning streak snapped for Bama. 57-game regular season win streak versus non-conference opponents. And then Texas's first win versus AP top three teams since 2008. If I was ever going to claim, and I know you've mentioned this, if I was ever going to claim that Texas is back, it's right this second. And yeah. not to mention, you, you, you talk about Quinn Ewers, that was a Heisman moment. 24 for 38, 349, three TDs on the road at Bama in a 10-point win. I mean, there's obviously we can talk about Shador Sanders. We can talk about Caleb Williams. But I almost would put Quinn Ewers in the lead for what he was able to do this Saturday. Again, he looked really good. And one thing about that Texas team I mentioned,
4: playing with confidence, they never gave up. They were relentless. Yes. And when – Alabama scored, they would come right back. When Alabama took the lead, Texas came right back. And that's the sign of a quality football team. And, again, the, the moment was not too big for them, and they responded. Every time they were challenged,
3: Texas responded. So we can talk about the quarterback play, but one thing that I just can't – I mean, obviously the defense out of place as well. One, I, I can't shake my thought with Alabama. It feels like the transition – between schemes, because they had to go new O.C. Yeah. and Tommy Reese from Bill O'Brien, new D.C. to Kevin Steele um, from Pete Golding, who's now at Ole Miss. It feels like they're just caught in this transition, and they're just uncomfortable. They're, just, they're, they're not fully together on either side of the ball at this point. And, and they're, they're at number 10 still in the AP Bowl, and I still think, I mean, when we, when we sit at the end of the year and we're around bowl time, I still think we're going to be looking at a 10. 10 win team, nine win team. But at the same time, it's just, it feels like this transition was maybe a little too much for them to handle in year one.
4: Yeah. And, you, you know, again, Alabama has time to fix their issues. And I think this is definitely the week to do that. Yep. Uh, practice, I'm sure, is going to be interesting. <laughs> and again, I don't
3: envy them. I'll say that.
4: <laughs> yeah, no doubt. So they got to get it fixed this week. Uh, because after that, uh, the schedule changes dramatically. And if it's not now, when? Because if, yep. if the, everything is still in front of Alabama that they want to achieve, and that's an SEC championship, a spot in the playoffs, a national championship. Now is the time to fix it and get it right because right around the corner the week after that, You got Ole Miss coming to to Tuscaloosa.
3: Yep. The uh, the former assistant. uh, How do I put it? The former assistant. You know, for a while, Nick Saban was able to always get over top of his former assistants. Now we've had three and three and three years. We're looking at Jimbo. Jimbo beat him. Then you had Kirby, and now you have Sark. Yeah. Three and three years, and he had held it off for a long time. He sure had. For a sure long, had. long time. Just curiously, before we move on, yeah. and I want to talk about Ole Miss here in just a second. What was the what was the fan situation like? How how were they reacting to everything that that was happening right in front of them at home? They're not used to losing. There. No, they are
4: not used to losing, and especially at home. Uh, it was keep everybody away from the ledge. Yep. everybody was ready to jump. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I can imagine the, the sun did come up yesterday in Tuscaloosa, but it's good what, news. You know, we, we, you know, down visiting our daughter uh, who goes to school in Alabama, and just being in downtown Tuscaloosa yesterday, just walking around and and uh, visiting with folks. It it, it just walking to the car after the game, and then yesterday, you know, the the it, everybody's down. Um, they are not used to losing uh, again. The immediate reaction from, from most is, woe is me, the sky's falling. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think the faithful have lost faith in Sabin. Right. They certainly recognized, whoa. We have some this, issues. We have some issues.
3: Yeah. And we got to fix them now. Yep, no question. Talking with the associate executive director of the AutoZone Liberty Bowl, that would be Harold Grater. Now, Ole Miss got over top, and you talk about them having a deal. With Alabama here in a couple weeks, thirty-seven to twenty at yeah. Tulane, and in the end of the game was really when it started to break wide open. They had a a scoop, uh, scoop and score late, but Ole Miss handled business, and that was, I mean, as much as as much as you want to talk about Tulane being an AAC school, can they sustain this long term? That is a good football team, and that was a good environment, tough environment they yeah. had to go on the road. Yuleman is not sweet. It's not sweet, especially when, they are, when they're cooking the way they are. It was a sellout, and it's a small stadium, so it's t- packed in tight. It can get pretty loud in there. I was impressed with Ole Miss, 37 17-point win in that situation. Indeed, a-, a quality win on the
4: road, and Jackson Dart,
1: Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without autopay pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com.
4: Showed his moxie in that game, showed steadiness, showed leadership, showed poise, a uh, couple of touchdown uh, throws in the ball game. Uh, and, you know, and that's what you need from your quarterback. In, in, in a road game. And we all know, I don't care what league you're in, winning on the road is no. not an easy thing. And they knew going in, hey, this is a challenge. This is a legit two-lane football team. And I start with the quarterback. Uh, again, kudos to him and his performance. Uh, you know, this, I think, is a confidence builder uh, for Alabama, for uh, Ole Miss. Yep. And you know, you know they were down by what was it seven at the half? I think it was was the margin there, and they scored. I think it was twenty unanswered in the second half. Mm-hmm. So a, an impressive second half for Ole Miss. Again, a quality win, and now they come home this week uh, to play Georgia Tech. Then, as we mentioned yep. before,
3: they're on the road at Alabama. Yeah. I mean, this is this is a g- <laughs> yeah. I hate to do this because I feel like it's almost every year, especially since Lane Lane Kiffin has been there in that matchup. Um, but this is as gettable of an Alabama team as you're going to see. This is as gettable as one as you're going to see. But again, on the road, that always becomes tough. Um, I do think Ole Miss got a you know little bit of good luck not having Michael Pratt out there. Michael yeah. Pratt not being able to start. Um, I believe Kai Horton's the backup. That 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 definitely helped them pretty drastically.
4: Oh, no doubt. No doubt. But that's ball. Yep. And it happens. Uh, th- it happens. And they took advantage of it, but still a steady uh, performance by Ole Miss. And uh, kudos to them, and and especially
3: uh, Dart, the quarterback, who played well. All right, we already talked about Texas being back. Is Miami back? Miami <laughs> hammered A&M 48-33. Tyler Van Dyke, I remember he he was sort of the before the season last year. He was the big NFL draft prospect. Everyone was falling in love with this guy. It's probably going to come back. 21 for 30, 374, 5 TDs, 0 INTs. I would imagine that all that hype starts to trickle back in. But I think the larger question here for me to you, how uncomfortable is this Jimbo situation for A&M at this moment? You know,
4: I think after last week, everybody thought, Okay, everything's copacetic in College Station. Uh, We got the the Jimbo and Bobby. We feel better. We feel yeah. yeah. We got the Jimbo and Bobby show working here, putting up a lot of points. Uh, I I thought A and M would go down there and and win that football game. Uh, So he handed to Miami. Uh, You know, A and M had a good first quarter against Miami the other night. After that. Not so much. Missed a field goal, mm-hmm. uh, a couple of picks, they had a fumble. Uh, so it's not just about Jimbo and Bobby. It's about the entire football team. Yep. Uh, kind of what we're talking about with, with Alabama. Uh, you got some things to fix there, and you better fix them now uh, because the schedule is going to get much tougher. Uh, to your question about Jimbo, you know I have maintained – I thought he might get whacked last year. Yeah. Because my position is, knowing the state of Texas and the wealth around those schools, we just saw it with SMU getting into the ACC. I said a year ago, whatever the buyout number is, that if A&M is ready to make that move, the guys with the checkbooks will make it happen. And I'm not saying that Jimbo needs to be fired now, but... I've said it for over a year, and I'll. my position is whatever the number is, if and when AM and gets to that point where they've had enough and they need to move on, the number is not too big for them. Right. They've got the guys that
3: can write the checks. That's not the issue. Yeah. They wrote checks already. It, you, would think, you would think that the amount of money they put into it, especially yeah. at A&M, You'll want to see return on investment, and yeah. you just have not gotten there. You haven't. Maybe the one year with Kellen Mond, but you didn't get yourself yeah. into the college football playoff.
4: Yeah, and, and, and Gabe, talking to the AM people the last couple of years with the recruiting that they have done, and they've recruited really, really well. well. Now,
3: some of them have had to transfer yes. out, and there's been other Absolutely. issues.
4: But 23 was the year they've really been looking at as, that's going to be our year with, with yeah. the with the recruiting and the building blocks. We're looking to 23. And after Saturday night, they've got to take a step back, obviously, and reevaluate, get some things corrected. And, again, this is the week to get that done in practice, show it on the field. They have uh, Louisiana Monroe this week. Then you get into conference. Auburn, Arkansas, Alabama, Tennessee. So those next, what is that, five games –
3: you better get it right that now. That tells us a lot about where Jimbo yeah. Fisher will be and his employment status by the end of the year. Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. So you figure, you better get it figured out this week
4: and show it on the field because things are going to get tougher here in the next week or two.
3: And it's it's strange. I really do feel better about that team. I know they just got hammered by, by Miami. I still do feel better about that team than I have yeah. the past couple of seasons. I mean I like Connor Wagman. I think he's a good quarterback. I think they have a really good defensive line. They just looked miserable on the defensive side of the ball in the secondary, especially this past weekend. It was it was, I mean, just coverage bust after coverage yeah. bust and, and Tyler Van Dyke took advantage of every single opportunity.
4: And, and and you know, there's gonna be sometimes you have a game where everything you do goes wrong. And you try to obviously try to avoid those types of games. And this is one of those for A and where, you know, the the list of uh, the negatives is is a pretty long one. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we rattled them off before. The missed field goal, the the interceptions, uh, the fumble. Uh, You know, the wheels just fell off, and you hope you get this one out of your system. Uh, Corrected in practice this week, and... Uh, go show it on the field uh, th- this Saturday
3: against Monroe. Now, know who keeps showing it on the field is Colorado. We, we yeah. talked about it. We, yeah. we talked about the you know, circus, the, the issues that have been um, sort of presented at Colorado that people have had sort of back-and-forth opinionated or opinions on. But two wins, two weeks, this time 36-14 against a former, what I'd call a former, They'd still call it a rival, but a former rival in Nebraska. It finally meant something again this week, though. That was cool to see, Colorado versus Nebraska. Um, But you win games in back-to-back weeks in two different ways. TCU was that fast-paced offense up and down the field. Uh, Defense didn't do much, but they ended up outlasting TCU even on the road. You come back home, you slow it down, you grind it versus Nebraska, you win 36-14, really should have been about 36-7. to It's just a late touchdown to make it look a little better. But I am thoroughly impressed with what uh, Prime has put out there. Um, and really, regardless of people's thoughts, I think this is surprising to most. But I guess, you know, a question I'd have about that is, should it be surprising? Are you surprised by this, first of all? A little bit, but as
4: I, I step back and, and, and look at the bigger picture, uh, I'm not. And I think the reason a lot of people are surprised is we hadn't seen Dion coach and win at this level of football. Yep. Obviously got his toe in the water uh, as a head coach down at Jackson State, uh, figuring all that out, coming from his background. But as you step back, you look at the turnover on that roster. Yep. Let's just say, hundred. it was basically 100%. Yes. It was a brand-new football team. Exactly. From, one, from 22 to 23, a totally different lineup of guys. Yes. And if you strip away uh, the showbiz, uh, the personality, all of that, whatever you want to call it, and you focus on the football, I really do think that he is a old-school type of football coach. Hard-nosed. Mm-hmm. That's it. That you, if you go back, that was really the way he was coached, the way he played. Yep. And I think he's coaching these guys that way, more old school, quote unquote, uh, where the focus is football, and we we maybe lose uh, focus of on that because of all the other stuff and the commercials with athletes. yes, of and, course, and and, and you yes. know all, all of that stuff. But when you get between the lines. I think the guy is showing he's a pretty good football coach, an evaluator, evaluator of talent, which is 100%. 100%. what he got there. And so when you we focus on the football, maybe we shouldn't be surprised. Yep, and that they're they're doing based on the talent they've brought in there and the way they're 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 coaching this football team. And you know, kudos to them. And uh, it'll be interesting to see. Now, can they sustain it as well as the year goes
3: along? They're going to have or- at Oregon and then yeah. versus USC in t- two of the next three weeks. Yeah. So yeah. That, that's going to be fun to watch, though. I mean, oh, absolutely. I think bigger than anything, I mean, the amount of eyeballs, everything about college football is honing in on Boulder, Colorado. Absolutely. It's been so long. It's been since 90 since we've really yeah. had that type of hype around a Colorado football program. And that in itself sort of justifies <laughs> hiring him in the first place. And and I, now it may be surprising, uh, like a little bit surprising to go on the road. I did not expect them to go on the road and BTCU. TCU. Yeah. Full disclosure. Right. But they did. It. And now did. they – Nebraska was sort of a toss-up. Yep. Matt Rule year one. I yep. saw what they were able to do week one. It, it was not that pretty. So I figured that, you know, maybe they could win that game. Um But I think overall, it should be less surprising because you brought up the talent thing. Travis Hunter was the number one recruit in the country. Shadour Sanders was a four-star quarterback with offers from Georgia, Alabama, uh, Florida, Florida State. I mean, he he was a stud. You look at the guys from South Florida, those two wide receivers, Jimmy Horn Jr., he was great. Xavier uh, uh, Xavier Weaver was fantastic. On the defensive side of the ball, Shiloh Sanders, his other son, was a pretty substantial recruit. In the end of the day, I shouldn't be as surprised, and I think collectively we shouldn't be surprised as we are, considering the amount of talent he has on this roster. This is this is tops yeah. college football when you really think about it.
4: You bet. You bet. And, you know, they're sitting there 2-0. and They have Colorado State rival game in-state this week. Game day, yeah. ESPN will be there again. The brightest of the brightest spotlights are shining on this Colorado football team, and of course, he thrives on that.
3: Yes, <laughs> and, and I
4: think his football yes. team thrives on that. Yep. But you know, but watching game day on Saturday, they had an interview uh, with his son, the quarterback, and Travis
3: Hunter was and there. Travis
4: Hunter was on that piece. Very thoughtful. Yes. Uh, very intelligent kids. And, you know, shows a lot. Yeah. Quality people and quality leaders. And again, uh, they've got a chance. And, and and I would think they beat Colorado State this week. They're 3 and 0. They're three wins away from bowl eligibility. <laughs> oh. Now, as you said, That's insane. you know, they've got Oregon and, and USC back to back after that. But you beat Colorado State, you're three wins away from postseason.
3: And you know they're going to be up to play Oregon and USC. Absolutely. They're going to be hyped up, Absolutely. ready to go. Uh, by the way, did you see the turnover thrown? Did you see the turnover thrown? Please tell me, Harold. You saw the turnover thrown. It's about seven feet yeah, tall. Yes. That is that. that that's fun. That's a new one. Absolutely. I love all, you know, turnover chain. What do you prefer? What? Are you a turnover throne, turnover belt guy, turnover chain? Do you have any preference in the y- turnover you know, celebration? You know, I
4: harken back to uh, my days at 1960 Union, Saturday mornings at 11 <laughs> o'clock with the king. And. Uh, in studio wrestling, Monday nights at the Mid South Coliseum. So I, I'm kind of the belt. Belt. Guy. I'm okay. the belt guy. What, you know, I think SMU did the turnover
3: bottle too, which was a little strange. It was yeah. like they were giving bottles. So, it, but whatever. Yeah. Whatever. whatever gets, but, yeah. Whatever, whatever. gets your guys fired up, right? Yes, a hundred percent. Now, uh, talking with uh, Harold Grader, the associate executive director of the AutoZone Liberty Ball. Now, last thing for you, let's talk about the hometown Tigers. Yeah. that was an easy win, thirty-seven to three. Um, Last play of the game was kind of funny. Bull Bull Hargrove runs into the end zone, and you saw Ryan come across and talk to Butch. He said, "Butch, I yeah. didn't mean to do that. I, yeah. I'm sorry. I apologize." Which I thought was, you know, in good Absolutely. taste. Um, but positives are the defense, uh, sort of unknowns offense still. But what what have you thought? What have you thought through uh, through two weeks for this team? You know, we we all know that
4: um, winning. Is of utmost importance. Yes. We know there's a lot on the line. Expectations are there for this football team, not just internally but externally. Um, this is a game from a tradition standpoint that the Tiger faithful expect the Tigers to win. And when you don't, it's a problem yep. uh, for the coach. So they Tigers went over there, took care of business. They come back home now. Short week. Uh, Navy on Thursday night yep. won't be easy. Uh, playing the option on a short week is is, is a uh, difficult uh, and challenging situation. But kudos to the Tigers. Is If you're going to have the kind of year we all hope and they need to have, which is not just getting to the postseason to keep that streak alive, but contend for the league championship yep. that – you, you got to take care of games like this. Win the games that you're supposed to win. Go take care of your business. Look good doing it. As you said, there's still some things, but, again, yeah. it's all, it's week two. Yep. You can still go work on those those issues, and that's that's why you go to practice every day. Um, but they took care of business first and foremost, and they can go and address the issues on a positive note. It's always, as you know, uh, being a former it's player be, it's, it's better, a whole lot easier
3: better address your issues after a
4: while. absolutely yep. absolutely so uh tiger sitting there 2-0 and
3: come home to, to play navy uh that's a good place to be i was just happy after some of the struggles they've had against arkansas yeah. state finishing games and playing yep. a little bit too close they left no doubt they left zero doubt
2: Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.
3: With the run game, you had the issues with the offense, but that defense was unbelievable. And have you seen the statistics on this Memphis defense so far through two games? I understand we're talking about Bethune Cookman and we're talking right, about Arkansas right. State, but second and second in the FBS in total defense behind Air Force, and they were first after last week. I mean i i don't want to I don't want to call right. it too early, but this this is this is one of the best defenses we have seen at the University of Memphis since probably when we went to the Miami Beach Bowl my redshirt freshman year, that 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 Miami Beach Bowl defense with Barry Odom in his yeah. final year. And that's a good thing yep. uh, because
4: it takes a little bit of the pressure off your offense where you know you don't necessarily have to go out and
3: score a gazillion points to win a game. So You can win a little differently. Absolutely. I mean, I'll tell you absolutely. this, Harold, through my four years, as much as success, we had a lot of success. We could never win in different ways. It was always score, 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 yeah. score, score, that, defense, make two stops, yeah. and we'll win the game. <laughs> I mean, that's what it was. Yeah. And it's cool to see this team winning at Absolutely. least in a different way. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I – one more thing before we, before I let you go. Again, I'm talking with Harold Grader, associate, associate executive director of the AutoZone Liberty Bowl. The Butch experience at, at Arkansas State is, is about as bad as it can get. I, I – Through two games, they've been outscored 110 to three. He seems to have no control. I, I, there's a seems to be a little bit of a lack of talent, and that that happens. It's tough at Arkansas State to compete in the NIL era. I get that, but it felt like there was a lack of inventiveness too, and calling offense, calling defense, it just sorta was. It was just about as bad as I've seen an Arkansas State team since I have been in Memphis. It's it, it was rough.
4: And, Gabe, I hate to see that for, for Butch, and I know uh, Tennessee fans around here uh, probably
3: say. <laughs> Revel in it,
4: yeah. Yeah, are, are enjoying his his uh, tough situation over there. I admit, look, Butch is a friend of ours. We had him in our game uh, when he was at Cincinnati. Uh, hate to see that he's going through this. Um, they have Stony Brook this week. He better win. <laughs> he better he win. He better win. Game, yes,
3: Stony Brook's 0-2. Score a touchdown. Um, Let's, it's time to score an offensive touchdown. Absolutely. I think that's that's where Absol- we need to yeah, start.
4: Yeah. It, you know, and you know, the reality of the situation over there is uh, the AD that is there now, Jeff Purinton, who came from the University of Alabama, did not hire Butch. And we know that the reality of college athletics, that when you had that dynamic of an AD that it didn't hire yep. the, the head coach, that sometimes the leash the leash is a little shorter. I don't know if it is. Don't know what the temperature is there. Uh, the whole vibe around that football program and the athletic department there. Don't have a feel for that. Um, but we know that when when things are trending the way they are, unfortunately, that is not
3: good for. I- Long term for the head coach. I, I, I hope they get it turned around. I, I do too. I like to see Arkansas State solid, and I, I will say, I think through two weeks, and I understand the competition's been pretty tough. Oklahoma and Memphis back to back weeks. Oh, it's yeah, not, that's not fun to deal with. But I think we are dealing with right this second with the amount of the lack of defense they've played with the. No offense, they've played through two weeks. I think they're fighting at the bottom of the FBS for who who may be the worst team in FBS, and you never, ever, ever want to be in that conversation. And Butch doesn't seem to have a handle on it. And yeah. again, I know there's a lot of people that 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 like to see that around the area, but I don't like to see Arkansas State in this type of shape. This is they, they, we're used to them at least being feisty. Yeah, and. Yep. at your neck, trying to go win ball games. This team doesn't look like they're capable of it though. you know and and they've done a nice
4: job over there over the last, I would say ten years, building facilities, enhancing the stadium, uh, all the way around within their athletics department. Uh, you know Tom Bowen, our friend uh, from the University of yep. Memphis, had a tenure there as a d Jeff Purinton, one of the young dynamic athletic administrators in college athletics, had a long run at Alabama. Uh, learning uh, the business there and honing his skills as a a leader and an administrator there under Greg Byrne, uh, hired a couple of years ago, uh, or I guess last year was his first year. So this Mm -hmm. is his second football season. Mm -hmm. Um, So they they certainly have done the right things as far as facilities, investing in their program. But we all know at the end of the day uh, for – most, if not all, athletic programs, it comes down to football. Yep. And football success or the lack thereof. And where do you fall in that spectrum? And right now, unfortunately, uh, the Red Wolves are struggling. And uh, uh, we'll see how that plays out this year. Again, hopefully for uh, Arkansas State and Butch, they get it turned
3: around. Yep, hopefully so. Hopefully so. But Harold, appreciate the heck out of it. We'll do you it bet. again next week. He is Harold Grater, the Associate Executive Director of the AutoZone Liberty Bowl joining me in studio every single Monday. Now, we need to go ahead and transition into the Blitz. That'll be next on the Gabe Coon Show.
1: T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today